0: Alright, hey there, welcome to our football show. I'm Chris Pugh, got Peter Holm with me from the Canton Repository. Uh, tonight we're going to talk about the latest and Buckeyes, Browns, and Bengals. How you doing tonight, Peter?
1: I'm doing alright, how you doing, Chris?
0: Great. I, I never thought I would say this, but man, what an overload of football this past weekend. Man, yeah. lots of entertaining stuff going on.
1: Man, football weekend is in full effect from Friday all the way to Sunday. Even tonight, man, that Seahawks Seahawks I don't know if you want to call it as an upset or whatever, but we don't know how uh, any of this is gonna be this shit. But man, what a what a what a weekend.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, I like this pier. Uh, we live far away from each other. I don't think we can get together necessarily watch a game. But through StreamYard beforehand, we watched the end of the Seahawks Broncos game. Seahawks upset the Broncos. Kind of surprising.
1: Yeah. Um, the more surprising part is Geno Smith kind of resurrect his career right now. You know, he got a lot of things going for him. I like I like Geno. Geno's Gino's from the area that I'm from. So I'm all going to root for him just from that end. But just to see him still going at it, getting up to an outplay Russell Wilson and his former, former Seahawks break, all the things that he's done, man, it's crazy.
0: Um, Pierre, I think they're changing uniforms now. Uh, yeah. Is that Gino and Russell Wilson out there?
1: Yeah, they're exchanging jerseys and they're autographed. That's cool. Oh,
0: DK Metcalf, though oh <laughs> That wasn't Gino. That was D.K. Metcalf. <laughs> Come on, Russ. Give give, the, uh, give Gino some love. Come on, buddy. Change your jerseys to Gino. He beat you. All right. Well, well hey, we're, we're here to talk about some of our Ohio teams. So want to kind of get in that a little bit. Uh, let's start with the Buckeyes up here. I don't know, man. Um, Nothing super, super impressive. Arkansas State doesn't have a horrible team. Uh, Buckeyes won. What was it, uh, forty-five to twelve? Uh, what do you think about the Buckeyes? They look impressive to you.
1: Um, really not much there to say because those are one of those things that you expect to blow out. Um, I guess you can say they have to to an extent where at least. Everyone was a lot more involved compared to last week. Um, I I really do like seeing Marvin Harrison um, play perform better than he did last week, and um, and uh, Megat Buca also had a stellar performance as well. Um, it's good that to have a game like that just to continue to build confidence before they go into their. Uh, their next before they go on to on um, the next tough game. Um I, I, I wouldn't expect anything less with um, next week against Toledo, but those are just simple spin-up things before they get ready for the top.
0: Yeah, there was a couple stand performances. You know, you mentioned Marvin Harrison, he had three touchdowns. I CJ Trout looked good. Um it wasn't I don't think that would go down as like the top five games of him at Ohio State. But they definitely played well enough to win. Didn't make any hu- huge mistakes. I, I I just felt a little bit of an uneasiness a little bit with the Ohio State passing offense. But again, their best receiver right now, Jackson of the Juma, he's out. So I you know I, I think better days would come for Ohio State's offense. It hasn't looked bad, but I think you could see some more outstanding performances once they get the full range of guys back on the team.
1: Yeah, but. Like I said, um, I think it gets it's kind of a blessing in disguise too to hold um, Jackson Jigba by because you don't really need him against Arkansas right. State. You don't need him when you're playing Toledo. You're going to need him when you're playing Wisconsin. You're going to need him when you're playing Michigan State. You're going to need him going against some top-tier players on top-tier teams in the Big Ten Conference. So it's good to see that C.J. Stroud has more dependable weapons or continue to build chemistry with his young group of wide receivers um, right now. Until they focus on their conference play, where they're going to be needed more. Um, Same when, or even at least until Jigba comes back.
0: Well and you got your, get your depth of receivers coming up so you see a couple of guys who may not play as much, you know, get their wings, make sure they're okay and hopefully give Ohio State a deeper group of receivers to play with as the year goes on.
1: Yeah, and they're young and that's the most beautiful thing about it. They're all young. Um the seeing that continue to grow and be primed, that off it kinda of remind it's just like with when um Garrett Wilson and Alave were there. They, they came in and were impactful at a young age um, when they were freshman sophomores. This is kind of similar now with um, continued that that um pretty, pretty much Ohio State, wide receiver U in a way. They just continue to develop young, talented NFL-type wide receivers and this is another way of showing that.
0: I thought overall the defense looked good. I think Arkansas State's got some weapons on offense. Obviously, you can't compare them with Ohio State, but they got some guys who can play. Um, and I thought overall, Ohio State looked okay. I mean, they gave up points, but it was all field goals. And this is the same Arkansas State team that put fifty-eight against Grambling. So I mean, I don't know, I I guess the bottom line it, I wasn't blown away by the win, but I wasn't disappointed either.
1: Look! Look here, Chris. Look here. The Arkansas State is in the Sun Belt Conference. This is a big week. This was a big week for the Sun Belt Conference in general. You yeah. saw. You just saw Jordan Southern took out Nebraska. You saw Appalachian State beat, um, Just took out. Uh, who, who did it take out? Appalachian State State. and CNN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a, A couple weeks before, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Just because, I mean, Ohio State clearly are the better team, and I don't expect them to go down easily. But don't underestimate the young, the 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 non-power five teams, especially the Sun Belt. They they're on the come up and. They got they produce just amount of NFL talent than any power fighting as well. So you there's some obviously you just know that they, you know that nine out of ten chances is going to end up as a blowout. But whenever that day comes where you don't take them seriously, is when they catch you at catch you at their worst time and that kind of show there. So hey, the Sun Belt that's the fun belt right now.
0: Well, in I was impressed too, I, and I think we get that more as we're in NIL season. It seemed like Arkansas State had a ton of, of guys coming from different schools. It was kind of crazy. They got a lot of transfers there, which, you know, you can make an argument either way. You can say, well, if they transferred one school, they probably didn't get the playing time if they wanted to, re- they were really that good. Or, it's like, man, they're going to a smaller school, they can look better, they get a chance to play, and yeah, Arkansas State had some guys who could play on offense.
1: Yep, yeah, and Arkansas State had their fair chance of producing them NFL talent as well. I didn't even mention Marshall beating Notre Dame. So that was, oh, yeah. So, yeah, man, this is... Don't, don't sleep on the Sun Belt, so...
0: Well, yeah. It, it, yeah, let's talk about that, because that kind of goes off Ohio State, because Game 1, Ohio State beat... Uh, Marshall, uh, not Marshall, sorry, Notre Dame, 21-10. to 10. And, you know, I, I think the argument after that, we were kind of like, man, maybe Notre Dame looks better. Is Notre Dame going to run the table or whatever the case might be? And they lost to Marshall, and your point's well taken. Don't sleep on these guys. And, obviously, Notre Dame slept on Marshall. What do you think that means for Ohio State? Because, you know, no matter what, it kind of, it decreases a little bit of the resume of beating Notre Dame like that
1: to the opener. No, the thing about it, Chris, that this was the conversation that we had even before our first episode was we don't get caught up with the preseason rankings and this mm-hmm. kind of show. Notre Dame shouldn't have even been a top five teams at the with though. Because okay. of the because of the amount of the, the amount of players that they lost offensively. At least as, as far from a skilled player's perspective, they don't know exactly their identity is right now. Um, their quarterback is dealing with the boring thing. They don't have a preliminary weapon. The offensive line is decent. Their defense is competitive. But that's not going to get them enough points. And you know, all the faces of an experienced martial team can come to your territory and put and just and just come here and smack you in the mouth, and that's exactly what he did. So, yeah, as far as resume goes, that could affect Ohio State from that matter. But what I would say is Notre Dame was never supposed to be a top fighter to begin with, so that I would. That's all as far I could go with
0: that. You can what bothered me as a Notre Dame fan. And yeah, when you lose to Marshall, you should be bothered. I. Marcus Freeman, okay, yeah, Notre Dame wasn't going to win the national title this year. I think the best compliment you could have given Marcus Freeman after a Ohio State game is, he had his guys playing hard, and I think he did. I mean, Notre Dame missed some chances that didn't help them be Ohio State, but he at least had the guys playing hard. Man, I didn't watch the Marshall-Nory game, game but, you know, there had to be a drop-off somewhere if... You yeah, know, maybe the guys were playing hard enough. Maybe they didn't take Marshall seriously enough. And sometimes it's a reflection on the coach, which kind of bugs me a little bit. No,
1: no. again, it's not like they weren't playing hard. They were just not good. That could be the case, too. Cause I saw a little bit, because I, I saw that game, too. Um, and it's not like they didn't play hard. They just, again, there's not enough experience on that team. That's okay. the issue right now. They... The quarterback is in his first year. There, There's not enough wide receivers. They were all gone to the NFL. Their running game is non-existent. They just don't have right now with Marcus Freeman. They're going to go through these kind of struggles. I think they're going to be okay later down the stretch once they get more experience and they continue to grow with Marcus Freeman. But right now, they are not where they need to be.
0: Very interesting. Well, I wonder what that tells you uh, about Ohio State. I mean, I, I think what we came out of it from the first game with Notre Dame was they didn't play that well, but they won a different way. This is a game maybe you lost last year, but you still beat Notre Dame like that. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much Ohio State has to worry about because, honestly, Pierre, unless they put up a lot of clunkers, if they win out, they're in the top four and going to the national playoffs. So... Maybe it's something that Ohio State fans should be too concerned about
1: right now. No, I wouldn't get too concerned either. I think it's the more concerning if they end up losing one or two games in the conference, or if they don't win their win their Big Ten title, because that's likely going to get you in um, in the top four, and they're already in the top. They're already in number three right now. So, so if that's probably. That enough, if they continue their uh, win streak, then they you, you shouldn't have to be nothing to worry about. So, right now, you just get through week by week, and hopefully you, when you get into conference play, when you're playing against teams like like we mentioned, Michigan State, like a Penn State, uh, teams that are in the top 25 range, and you beat them, then you, there's really nothing else you really have to worry about. It's all going to work out itself.
0: Um, we should mention this quickly before I move on to the NFL. Um, Michigan. Now, Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. They played a iffy Colorado State team, and then they play a iffy Hawaii team. So, now they won both games convincingly. Man, Michigan's number four. I think think we just assumed after last year that Michigan was not going to be ranked up that high. You think Michigan can kind of stick around to the top four for the year until they play Ohio State?
1: I don't know. I can't really tell because their schedule is just as, just, as, it's just as easy as Ohio State is, kind of. Um, they have been impressive um, and it's starting to look like it's going to be more blocks they play UConn next. So, I I doesn't really surprise me that much. Michigan is good and they got a good amount of players that are coming back, and I'm, they, I wouldn't surprise me if um, in the showdown when Ohio State and Michigan um, face off and they're both remaining in the top five. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all because they're both really good. So.
0: Okay. Let's move on. Um, Browns and Panthers, probably one of the more hyped NFL games of the week. Because Maker Baker Maker I almost called Maker Baker Mayfield have return to play the Browns. Uh, Browns win. Uh, Cade York 50-yard field goal late in the game. I don't know. First week of the year, Peter. We always talk about overreactions. We always say, hey, just because something happens doesn't mean that it's going to happen that way the rest of the year. Uh, are you feeling better about the Browns after watching that game on Sunday?
1: Do I feel better if you're a Browns fan? Yeah, um, yeah I would say that because, one, you never even thought that you wouldn't have a shot with Carolina Panther without Deshaun Watson, first of all. Um, it was a good game. I mean, we wouldn't expect anything less. Both of them were were competitive. But it was back and forth. There was a concern um, in the second half, knowing that um, the Browns were, really, were pretty much in control pretty much most of the game until that fourth quarter. So they had that little breakdown, and that led to a more uh, competitive game. It came down to a field goal, and Baker Mayfield was game high. Um, so that was a big concern that, in that regard. Um, I'm still a little iffy with their passing game with Jacoby Brissett. Brissett didn't really do much. But this is also the point where I talked to you yesterday, that you don't want Jacoby Brissett to do as much because right. you have your running game with Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb was killing it, and your defense. Um, if they just continue with that, then you should be able to get the victory. It might not necessarily come down to when K. York making that 58-yard field goal, which again, if you want to talk about an overreaction, I even mentioned I'm on a hype train. I think we you might want to consider for Rookie of the Year, but that also goes to the point that, that sometimes that's all you need when you're going against a team like the Carolina Panthers and going forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. K-York looks impressive. They ran the ball. Probably not a ton, but better than I thought they would. Um, and I, I think you said too, too, um, Peter. I think we kind of looked at Carolina as a really bad team, but you mentioned last week, I mean, they've got good defensive players. I mean, if Christian McCaffrey could stay healthy, <laughs> they're in better shape. And You know, I don't know. I, I thought it was a win that the Browns needed to have. What do you think it would have meant for their psych if somehow Carolina won that game? Do you think th- there would been a lot of frustration with last? Like, how important was it for the Browns to win that game? Obviously, we'll win every game. But how bad would it have been if the Browns would have lost that? Looking forward to week two.
1: It would be a bad look just because you let a former Brown player beat you.
0: They mm. At
1: least start with that. So, so, ba- so at least from that regard, Baker Mayfield's quote-unquote revenge game has been a bench. Um So, from that regard, now you just ask, and also probably will be in a question with the quarterback situation, uh, Is Jaco- do you, are you sure you'll be able to believe in Jacoby Brissett? Um, do you believe that they're going to, their passing game is going to be as effective going into the next couple, next few games. Uh, so there was going to be questions, but but again, it was it was a toss up. Um, but I but I knew in my mind that the Browns just, at least just from a personnel that they just looked like the better team. which is a matter of just putting it all together.
0: Got to look at this too um, Pierre, next week. Uh, Browns home against the Jets. No Zach Wilson for the Jets. Joe Flacco.
1: They should get that win. That's yeah. the The Jets are they're hurting right now.
0: Well, and I gotta tell you too. I mean, I look at the same thing as the Carolina game. I mean, Carolina's got some good guys on there, but you had to win that game. If the Browns, if you will not make an argument, that the Browns could win the playoffs. And, and you know, Peter, we talked about. How that might be a, a tall bet, no matter what. But if you want Anthony to entertain the argument, you gotta beat Carolina and you gotta beat the Jets. I mean, it all comes down to.
1: Absolutely, those are the those are the wins that you gotta have. Um, especially the more wins, the matter. But as, also at the same time, man, you, it's the NFL. Anybody can be anybody any given Sunday. So something Sunday, you just don't want to over underestimate. But yeah, but those wins, you got to get as much win as possible until, between now and so the child watching return.
0: Let's spend a little more time talking about the last game of the week, the longest game of the week, and Peter, the craziest game. Uh, Bengals, AFC champs uh, from last year, they played the Steelers, they handled the Steelers pretty good last year, and all kinds of craziness happened, Peter. Uh, Joe Burrow, didn't have a strong start to the regular season. I, I will say, um, Peter, Bengals were minus five. We're usually in the NFL, if you're minus five, you lose by 40. Bengals had every chance to win that game. And if it wasn't for a long snapper being hurt, they probably could have won that game four different ways.
1: Yeah, This is a bad kicker. I'm, I'm okay. can, you, can you believe that? Um, first of all, um, yeah, uh, we can, we can look at, it at that regard but then at the same time, we can also look at the five turnovers that was committed, um, uh, with Joe Burrow and, um, and not being, things were just not really looking right for Cincinnati, where you were never going to win games if you're allowed five turnovers, So things were just not looking right, so it's all paper you should be good enough to beat this hit first Steelers, but it didn't really turn out that way. The Steelers came to play, the defense were coming after um Joe Burrow. Um he was under pressure. The offensive line didn't really look great. Um like af- after the off moves that you made. Like what did you actually accomplish um just after coming up that Super Bowl run? Which makes you want to question about
0: the team. Yeah, it looked like the, it was just overall they were rusty, I think. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it. You know, we, we were both saying the offense line gets defense line. Huge in every game, but even more critical here. Um, could the Steelers' offense line keep up? I mean, their the run game was non-existent, but they only allowed one sack, which was kind of crazy. And, you know, the Bengals, who had definitely had the better offense, they were... Under Underdress. Uh, it was a very strange game. I, I think for this, well, well, first of all, with the Bengals, I mean, I don't know, uh, Pierre. you've covered football and you've followed football. They didn't have a backup long center. I mean, the, the long snapper they had wasn't that great, didn't have that much experience, and it, it clearly showed. And, Pierre, so many different ways the Bengals could have won that game. I don't know. Do more teams need a backup long snapper? What happened with the Bengals there?
1: It happened. I mean, um, those are one of those worst of lucks that what else can you do in that situation if your backup long, if your long snapper is hurt and you're dealing with a backup, I mean, what, I don't know what else kind of solution what or how much of a major difference it will make um, if your regular long snapper was there because you still missed the field goal? So
0: yeah, but you know, Pierre's watching that game the way it looked at. it, I mean, yeah, he he still missed the field goal. You can't totally blame the long snapper, but man, there were kicks he could have had, and they said the long snaps were kind of rough. Um, that field the extra point last play of regulation where Mika Fitzpatrick came in and got the block. Hey, Mika was amazing. This a playoff his mind for the Steelers. Good, uh, man. I think it was like 14 tackles, yeah, pick six. He had the extra first point block. Play.
1: That first play, pick six. Yeah. And that and that's I don't even know you can even blame Joe Burrow because that was just a great great play by Mika. He 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 saw he read the quarterback's eye and he just jumped the route because he knew where yeah. he was going. That was a good play on on Minka's end, and just a bad throw on Joe Burrow's then.
0: Well, and give him credit for the extra point block. I'm not taking anything away from Minka. That play because of the long snapper just developed really slow, which helped kind of propel Minka to having that. Um, I don't know. I mean, their kicker's fine. You, you just didn't have your backup in place and just. It made it tough. Um, I, I thought the defense of the Bengals played okay. I I thought, you know, they just... Pierre, I would never have thought that we would have said, man, the Bengals' offense just couldn't do it. But I think they they really, they really didn't help their... The defense wasn't really helped by the offense. I mean, there was a lot of bad, you know, field... You know... It, there was a lot of drives that started in the Sears territory um, you know, it just de- defense wasn't helped out by the offense at all um, I, I think the Sears offense is still a work in progress, still struggling I'm not sure if Mitch Trubisky your quarterback, but I don't think the Bengals made a huge falter that way, I think the offense just put them in bad spots all day which wow. I would have never thought that would have be been the case before the game
1: I was gonna say the Bengals' did, defense did look play well, and mm-hmm. to the point, yeah, they were they were put in tough situations because of because of Joe Burrow's mistakes and his turnovers. Yeah, um, but also at the same time, they still performed well. I mean, they they were able to stop the run. Um, they were able to at least contain Mitchell This tonight. Mr. Vistie wasn't anything special either. So it's not like they didn't play terribly, but, yeah, they were in a bad situation, and they eventually got worn out because uh, they've been on the field most of the time. It happened. So that, I wouldn't hold that against them, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where when your defense – It's only his end of the bag, and he was hoping the offense and special teams will come through. Unfortunately, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, a couple strange calls, I guess. Um, Most notably, uh, people were saying if they could have had the replay on Jamar Chase's um, touchdown from earlier, that could have changed things.
1: There's a lot of things that could have been changed, um, but... At the end of the day, there's nothing you can do about it but to move forward. So, And
0: the, the Bengals got a chance for that. Um, Next week, I think it's the national television game on CBS. They head to Dallas. And Dallas, you know, it's interesting. You, uh, you go in the air, you always think Dallas is going to do well. But no Dak Prescott. He got hurt. He's going to be out for six to eight weeks. Cooper Rush appears uh, your starting quarterback. Hearing some rumors on Steelers' Twitter, maybe the Cowboys might be interested in Mason Rudolph. Um, uh, so I, I'm looking at this Dallas game as kind of a must win. Uh, what, what do you think this week? You think the Bengals can pull off?
1: Um, I think they can. Um, The Mason Rudolph thing, I'm not really buying a whole lot about that. I mean, if you want to bring them, this would be your backup for your backup. I think that's the only thing he's right. gonna be good for. Um, but I think the Bengals should be fine. I think they're good enough. Um, the Cowboys look terribly even with even when Dak Prescott was playing. Dak Prescott was not didn't play well at all. Something is not really right about the Cowboys offense. They're just they're 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 not looking good right now. It's just from the offensive line that has been dealing with injuries, even the season. You got Dak Prescott going down. The running game is not being utilized enough with CK Elliott and going positive about it and then CeeDee Lamb, um you have a question mm-hmm. if he is your legitimate number one wide receiver threat. Um on the defensive end they were able to the defense outside of Mike Micah Parsons, they didn't even play that all that great either um, even if it is going against Tom Brady so Cowboys all around it's, it was already a disaster just going into this season so I don't see why the Bengals can go away, come into uh, Jerry World and escape with the win I think it's going to be another competitive game for
0: sure yeah must win for the Bengals if they, they want to get where they need to get they need to get this win for sure alright well Pierre appreciate everything man I know it's late at night. I uh, want to make sure we didn't take too much time. Anything you want to promote? I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff for the Canton repository. Anything you want to promote there or anything else we can? Uh, you got coming up?
1: Um, Not really a whole lot. Um, I did write a little piece about Dominic Robinson and his performance. He played yeah. well in his debut. Um, he only played like 41% of the snaps, but he took advantage of every minute of it. He had, he had seven tackles. I, um uh he had one and a half sacks as well um two QB hits yeah he took advantage of that and soldier field even at soldier field when it was just it looked like a marsh pit they were still was able to get the victory and upset the 49ers so that um there played in the second half um the game at right tackle, um, that's something that um, Josh McDaniel is going to reevaluate with his offensive line with the Raiders. So I wrote a little piece about that as well. So y'all you to be on the lookout. And um, oh, yeah, and this Friday, I'll be at the St. Maslin game. That's supposed to be the game of the week up here. So, oh, yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, so, that, so be on the lookout for those. for that that regard.
0: Fantastic. We keep saying support local journalism. Um, I know it's different for some people to say, why would I subscribe to a website? Well, believe me, we're putting this stuff up right away, uh, Try to keep you updated. So if it's Canton Repository, Columbus Dispatch, or wherever you get local news from, uh, check it out. Uh, and, and also check out Cash App. Great way of saying money back and forth to each other. Um, it just makes life so much easier. Uh, download Cash App for the link on our uh, podcast. Uh, Cash App will deposit 5 bucks in your account. All right. Well, well Pierre, thanks so much, man. I, as always, I appreciate it. Crazy day today. Good day, but crazy. Um, and thanks for your time, Pierre. Uh, for Pierre, this is Chris. Have a great night, everybody. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney.